Hey, Next Level Church. I'm so excited to be with you today. We're continuing our series called Fearless. I want to talk to you today about the other side of faith. What do you do when God seems not to show up when you are faced with fires and fights? Now, if I was to ask you how many of you want to be fearless, most of you would raise your hand up. Uh, but uh, if I was to ask you how many of you are willing to go through the fire, uh, your other hand would probably grab this hand and pull it down. See, when we accept Jesus, it's easy. We say the salvation prayer, which we will do at the end, and we become Christian. It's easy, but the process of sanctification, following after Jesus, becoming more like Him, that's a challenge. Spending time with Jesus daily, that's a challenge. And so becoming fearless, living a life uh, that is fearless, a fearless life is not easy. In other words, living the life that God has designed for us is not going to come to us automatically. We got to step up. And even if you're terrified, there's a promise behind it. God is calling us to stand up. God is calling us to rise up. God is calling us to step into the calling that he has for us. And that is to become fearless. We must face our fears and chase our fears. I don't know about you, but I haven't found the easy button in the Bible. The, you know, the Christian cruise control. I haven't found that. I haven't found easy faith, right? We get saved. That's cool. And then some of us are just waiting around after we get saved to die and go to heaven uh, so that we can have a little harp and fly around with our little wings all day long in heaven. Every step of faith that I had to take in my life has been terrifying. Anybody can agree to that? Every step of obedience that I've ever taken has been uncomfortable. Maybe you're more spiritual than I am. Uh, maybe you have more faith than I do. But uh, this faith life has been a struggle. It has been terrifying. And for most of the time, there are a lot of uncertainties. And that's one of the reasons where God put on our hearts to go deep with this series called Fearless. We want to get equipped. That's the word that God gave us for this year. And God is calling us to live a life that is beyond our human potential, to overcome every obstacle and everything that is stopping us. And, and a lot of the times, it's not just the enemy, it's our fear of people. Many of us are afraid of people. We're afraid of not pleasing people. We want to make everybody, you know, like us. I had that problem. I had a people-pleasing problem. If somebody was upset at me, uh, then that would make me upset. I'll take the blame. I'll move on uh, so that nobody else is mad at me. But God is calling us to a fearless life, an abundant life. And that abundant life is not for later, it's for right now. God has a calling and a purpose for you right now. You can wake up every day with that holy fire in your heart. No matter what uh, you're going through today, you can make a decision that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you can wake up with that holy fire that burns brighter even when you're faced with fiery trials. Today we're going to be in the story that is very popular in Sunday school. You probably read it, you probably heard about it from Daniel chapter 3. Now in this story, we meet a narcissistic king. His name is King Nebuchadnezzar. So this narcissistic king, he held the Hebrews in captivity. And what he does is that he loves himself so much that he built himself a 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide statue, gold statue of himself. And he makes the announcement that when the beat drops, when the music plays, everyone must bow down and everyone must worship this gold statue of himself. 
So clearly, the Hebrew people, they had an issue with that because they worshiped the real God. So they couldn't worship this idol of, of King Nebuchadnezzar. And basically, he's saying, the king is saying, if you don't bow down to my golden statue and worship me, I'm going to turn you into barbecue. In other words, I'm going to tie you up and throw you into the fiery furnace. Let's turn to Daniel 3, verses 16 to 23. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these are the Hebrew brothers. They answered the king saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves to you. Oh man, I can park there for a moment if I may. We got to stop de defending ourselves. How much time we spend arguing and defending ourselves. If you know that you are called by God to do something, go for it. Do it. The enemy will use people and it's unfortunate. Sometimes the enemy uses people within our own circle to try to discourage us, to discredit us, to doubt us and to make us doubt ourselves. You don't need to show up to every argument that you're invited to. Even during Jesus' trial, he was falsely accused and he doesn't stand there and defend himself. Number one, retire being a people pleaser. Respect and honor people in position and authority, but stand in the truth, stand for the truth. And if you decide to please God, you are probably going to upset some people. But it's the only thing worth doing. Obeying God is so powerful. Verse 17, if you throw us into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from the furnace. He will save us from your power, O king. Verse 18. But even if he does not, oh my gosh. Okay, you gotta, we gotta talk about this just a second. Okay, even if he does not, like what, what you're talking about here? Because this passage, when I was reading it, it messed me up a little bit. This is where faith gets terrifying. And the question is not, is God able or not? The question is, is God willing? We know that He is powerful, He's almighty, so He should be able to do what I want Him to do when I need Him to do it, isn't it? We know He has the ability, so why wouldn't He? This verse really messed me up a little bit. I'm, I'm going to cross it out in my Bible. Maybe it's a typo, you know, when they were like printing the Bible, maybe they, they put a typo and they forgot to correct it or something. I don't know. Some of us read the Bible the way we want to read it. Some of the harsh truths in the Bible, we have a hard time digesting it. And, uh, you know, it doesn't sound like the God that uh, I was taught back in uh, Sunday school. But the truth is, I don't know about you. Maybe some of us uh, would have added a bit of attitude. I wonder how you would have faced this problem if the king is telling you to do this. How would you have reacted? Maybe some of us would have been a little confident, borderline arrogant. Oh, psh, king, you don't know who our God is. You think... You're going to burn us? Actually, you're going to burn. God is going to turn you into Korean barbecue. Just wait. Something along those lines, some of us might have said. But even if he does not, verse 18, even if he does not save us, we want you, O king, to know this. We will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Verse 19, then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he changed his mind. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm going to refer to them as the three brothers, too many names to say. They were tied and thrown into the blazing furnace while 
while still wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, long johns, baggy paco jeans, Zara slim fit shirt, I don't know, like all these details and other clothes. I really don't know why there's so many details about what they were wearing uh, as they are being thrown into the fire. And I'm wondering, does it really matter that they were wearing turbans or not? Like they're gonna burn up anyways, that's what it looks like, that's where the story is going. Uh, especially now that, that the fire's turned up seven times hotter. Maybe they were wearing Louis Vuitton turbans or something, I don't know. Verse 22, the king's command was very strict and the furnace was made so hot that the flames killed the strong soldiers who threw the three brothers into the furnace. Man, that's overkill. Like they went to throw them and then they died. That's how hot it was. Verse 23, firmly tied, the brothers fell into the blazing furnace. Let me ask you something. Do you want 2021 to be the same as 2020? The truth is, it'll be the same unless you change something about it. See, life circumstances are not gonna just magically just change. The only thing we can change is us. The only thing that you can choose to do is change yourself. And God will help you with that. Let me ask you something else. Have you ever tried to change somebody else, like your spouse? Right? How did it go? Did you try to change your kids? If you try to change your spouse, like as in what they do, not exchange your spouse, but like change things that they do because you think you know better, uh, it probably did not go well, right? The only thing you have the power to change is you. The only person that can change you is you. And from the few decades of living that I've done on this planet, I have come to the conclusion that no matter how much you love God, it is difficult to escape life's troubles. There are traumas and difficulties we have to face. Just because you're in a new relationship doesn't mean there are not gonna be any bumps on the road up ahead. Just because it's a new year doesn't mean that you're not gonna escape some of the difficulties that are coming up. Check this, the Hebrew brothers came to the conclusion because they made a radical decision. King Nebuchadnezzar says, if you don't bow down to my statue, you are toast, like literally. So they know the punishment that's up, uh, coming up if they don't obey. They know the punishment that's gonna come to them if they don't bow down to this uh, uh, image, to the idol. They decide to go against pop culture. They decide to swim against the tide, to go counter culture. They decide to face the bully of a king. They say, we will not bow down. In my overreactive imagination, I would have thought that the moment that they stood up to the king, that the moment that they refused to do what the king wanted to, them to do, or forcing them to do, my overactive imagination went to a place like, man, that's when the angel of the Lord or Gabriel or Michael, whoever was available, you know, I think, I think that's the moment they should have come down and slapped King Nebuchadnezzar upside the head, give him a big boot and a leg drop followed by a sharpshooter uh, on the king and then, and then shatter his golden statue to pieces with some sweet chin music, if you know what I'm talking about. And then bright light would have shown and like fog machine on uh, overdrives like, like superheroes lifted up in a godly way and God would have placed shiny crowns on them and, and gold MVP rings and you feel earthquake and deep bass going on and a loud voice would have said, you are my beloved, well done. And then to the king, the deep voice would have said, Nebuchadnezzar, you idiot, you fool. But that's not what happened. 
These three brothers have unshakable commitment to God. They stand up for God. And when they do that, what happens? They face a struggle. They face a fight. And it's not just a random person. They face the struggle with one of the most powerful king in the world at the time. Let me ask you something. Has your commitment to God ever got you in trouble? Has your commitment to God ever got you a fight? Has your commitment to God ever got somebody else upset at you? One of the superheroes of the faith, Paul, he says in 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith, grabbing hold of the life that continues forever. You will call to have that life when you confess the good confession before many witnesses. Listen, if you're ready for a change in your life, it's time to stop feeling sorry and defending yourself and start standing up and have a good fight about you. It's not just going to happen automatically. If you want to step, to step into the calling that God has for you, if you want to live a life of abundance in God, then you might have to ruffle some feathers. And, and sometimes we make excuses to be in passivity and living in fear and we call it patience. And sometimes we don't work hard to do our part and we just put everything on God, prayer and duct tape, and we hope to God that everything will work out. Well, after all, God is full of grace and blessing and He's got storehouses of blessings for, for us, right? Everything that I want, I need. And, 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 and you're never going to have to face a fight. I, I never have to go through a difficulty. If this is how we think, then we're deceived. This world is getting darker and darker. The enemy is working harder to bring difficulties, to bring troubles, to bring trials. And you thought you just had to say a quick, cute little prayer and life was going to be okay. Reality check today, there's a fight for your life. There are fights in your life. These brothers' unshakable commitment got them into trouble. Not their foolish, but their obedience to God got them in trouble. And it doesn't stop there. They are fearless. They are facing this King Nebuchadnezzar. And you'd assume that since they are standing up for God, that somehow God is going to deliver them. But no. King Nebuchadnezzar says, cool, I'm going to throw you in the hot furnace. I'm going to turn it up extra hot for you. It's looking really bad for these brothers. It looks like it's over. Not only did they get into a fight with the most powerful king of the time, but now they're thrown into the fiery furnace with their, with their turbans and their Paco jeans and, and there in this hot furnace. Let me ask you, has your commitment to God ever brought you through a fire? Many of us think that our commitment to God means that we escape fights. That our commitment to God means that we escape fires. For the longest time, I thought that my deep faith in God, my commitment to God, my prayer, my fasting, my love for God and for people, I used to think that all of those things would guarantee that I would not have to go through fights. And that I don't have to face fires. But reality check, that's not the case. Life experiences has taught me differently. That my life has been full of fights. Just in the last five years, we face so many fights and fires, like a buffet of fires and buffet of fights. Not just because we did something foolish, but because we obeyed God. And I'm curious to know where God is in some of those moments where we obeyed and we stepped out and we faced fights and fires. Because it's messing me up. I don't know about you. Because I'm serving Him with deep devotion and yet I get served with some of the fights and fires that I endured. And some of them were really difficult. Are you going through fires right now? Are you going through fights right now? See, I'm exposing 
all of your mental angry emails that you've been writing to God and trying to understand why you're going through what you're going through. When we say God is good and we say all the time and, and we serve this good God, yet the fights are intense and the fires are hot. Have you ever thought about these things? You might be going through it. Before we talk about the kind of faith that turns the world upside down, we got to talk about the other side of faith. That's what I want to talk to you today about. The other side of faith. That's not, the, uh, the other side of faith is not that the God is able, because we know that He's able to do that and we believe that. It's the other side that says, and they declared in verse 18, but even if He does not. Okay, so let, let's just stop for a moment here. Let me get this straight. Even if he, what, does not? Like you're saying that's an option? Okay, so, so burning in the fire is actually an option? Like we can obey God and step out in faith and take risks for God, but there's a possibility that we might be thrown into the fire? Like just to be clear, the reason I gave my life to Jesus is so that I don't burn. Man, this changes everything. I was told that if I give my life to Christ, get committed to church, get connected and start serving because that's where healing happens and then go to a prayer meeting and this and that, that. I wouldn't have to go through these fires. But I lost my job last week. I prayed for a church member this week to, to get healed, but, but they didn't make it, they died. I prayed for change and it didn't come. I cried out for an answer and it never came. So is there a problem with your prayer? Is there a problem with your commitment? So what's the problem then? If we're going to have the kind of faith that turns the city upside down for Jesus, if we're going to have the mountain moving kind of faith, we got to understand the other side of faith. See, I can't stand here and just give you cotton candy and bubble gum and tell you, hey, it's going to be okay. You know, just, you're okay. You just keep your faith strong and, and God will help you avoid the fights and the fires of your life. No. You know what inspires me is people who stick with God even when they go through the fires. Most people walk away from Christianity because of their miseducation on the fights and the fires. And that's what I came to talk to you about today. Because I thought that if I had faith or at least showed up to church regularly, I would never have to fight. That I would never have to go through fires. And then here are the Hebrew brothers and they're saying, we ain't bowing down. King, we're not going to listen to you. And the king's like, okay, guards, throw them in their furnace. These brothers get thrown into the fiery furnace and everything just went from zero to a hundred real fast. Actually, times seven. The furnace got turned up times seven. This is not just some imaginary story. This, is, this actually happened. This is their reality. Their determination is even if God does not save us, we will only serve Him. Even if He doesn't save us, we will not bow down to any other gods, any other human-made objects. See, there's a disconnect in our commitment to God between the who and the what. This is really important. Most of us, our faith is in negotiation. Some of you are really good at negotiating, or you think. Our faith is built on bargaining with God. God, if you do this, I'll do that. God, if you help me with this new job, then I will give you the 10%. If you get me through school, then Lord, I will do this. Or Lord, this is the best one. If you save me from this mess, right? By the way, the mess was created by our own stupidity. But we bargain with God as if like we got something to offer and we can sit at His level 
We're like, God, if you save me from this problem that I caused, then I will do such and such a thing. So we think we have negotiating power with God and we fool ourselves. What does God have to do to earn your unwavering commitment to Him? What does He have to do for you to trust Him? To come to a point and say, I'm sold out to Christ. What does God have to do? That come hell or high water, I am sold out to Christ. What does God have to do? Uh, a couple of miracles? Uh, a couple of healings? Answer a few prayer requests? Like what's the limit? Like a high salary? A big house? A fancy car? Flashy car? Hot spouse? What's the limit? The million dollar man Ted DiBiase says, everybody's got a price. Everybody has a limit with their faith. And if your foundation is built on the wrong thing, and for most of us, maybe we were taught some of these wrong teachings and some life experiences got you searching for the what? God, save us, deliver us, help me God. And we missed it. Because it's never about the what. It's never about the what He will do or what He won't do. It has always been and will always be about who He is. That's what the Hebrew brothers had that nobody else had. They understood who God is. I didn't come here to tickle your ear and tell you something that you wanted to hear and tell you, oh, don't worry, just pray and put duct tape and you won't ever have to fight and never face a fire. You know, you, it's fine, just take it easy. 2021 could be more of a fight, more of fires than last year. So what you're gonna do when they come for you? That's it, God, I'm done, this is too much. And another fire, another fight, enough, I'm done. Hold up. When God sent Jesus as the ultimate sacrifice for all of humanity, that was all He ever needed to do. What He did last week during Easter, 2000 years ago, wasn't it enough for you? When He displayed His unconditional love with His nail-pierced hands and He said, this much I love you and I love you unconditionally to the point that I will die for your sins that, that you and I needed to pay for, but Jesus took it upon Himself. And he paid the sin penalty once and for all, voluntarily because he loves you. And he said, it's finished. If God never answered another prayer, if I never feel his presence another day in my life, if he never removes this thorn in my flesh that's causing me pain, if he never does any other miracle, if he never does any other breakthrough that I'm praying for, if he never provides for me another day, listen, he's already done enough. He made his move. He showed his love. That's more than enough. That's more than we deserve. That's the sacrifice of Jesus. We can freely receive it by grace through faith in Jesus. We can thank God for that. And we can thank him for the rest of our lives because that's how great of a sacrifice he's done for us. He's done the impossible for us. He, what he did is more than enough. Put it in the chat. Jesus is more than enough. But in our minds, we have the scale. Maybe it's the culture that we live in that, you know, evaluates, you know, what he does, what he doesn't do. Right now, you're listening to me and you're putting amen and whatnot in the chat. But three months from now, when that prayer that you've been praying for goes unanswered, God, I feel like you're ignoring me. God, I don't, I don't even feel your presence anymore. Lord, I feel like you left me. God, do you even love me, God? I prayed and nothing happened. I don't know if you still have the power, God and we go into this, this rut in this ditch. We know He has the power, we know He's able, but that verse 18 shows us the key. But even if He doesn't, 
It's easy to choose him when he does. But can you choose him when he doesn't? A couple of days ago, a dear family from our church lost their father. We all prayed, we were expecting a miracle and we believed that God will come through. And to have fearless faith, you got to see both sides. It was confusing because we prayed and we believed, but God didn't answer the way that we expected him to answer, that we hoped for. And this dear member passed away. And we feel sad, we feel heartbroken, we feel the loss and the pain. But I can guarantee you something, that family that lost the dad, they're still worshiping Jesus. This is a strange thing to the world because God didn't do what we pleaded him to do. But check this, if you know who he is, you can trust what he does. It's crucial for you to know who he is. I don't know why, I have no idea why he didn't answer, why our prayers sometimes feel like God is not listening. And I know without a doubt that he is able. And I'm saying what the Hebrew brothers said, even if he doesn't, God, I'll still serve you. Even if you don't, I'll still worship you. Even if you don't do this or that, God, I still trust you. Even when I don't understand, I will still follow you. I won't turn back. My mind is made. I am running after Jesus. No matter the fights, no matter the furnace, fires we have to face. Jesus, you already did everything you ever needed to do. You, you accomplished more than what we deserve to have our unwavering commitment for the rest of our lives. 2021 is not an evaluation to see if God deserves my worship. Jesus, your sacrifice was more than enough. Jesus, your sacrifice was all I desperately needed. Now you have every part of me, all of my life, everything that I am, my entire heart, my mind, everything is yours, Lord. Even if you don't show up the way I expect you to show up. Fearless faith is an unwavering commitment to who God is, not for what He does. You know how easy it is to, to be selfish and, and pray self-centered prayers? We all do it. You do it. I do it. You know what fearless faith is? It's saying, God, I can't see what you're doing, but I trust you. God, I did what you told me to do, but it got me thrown into a fire. But I trust you. Some of the most intense fights you'll ever face in your life are fights that you got into by obeying God. Because there's a mind game that happens when you are in a fight facing difficulties and facing pain, but you got there by obeying God. So if you got there by obeying God, then He is responsible. There's a confusion that happens in our own hearts and our own life. When you do what's right and it gets you thrown into the fire. Fearless faith says, God, I am more committed to who you are than what you do or what you don't do. If you want to rise up in fearless faith, you got to let go of infant, fickle, easy, offendable, dissolvable faith and take on some fearless faith values that you need to rise up. One of the childish faith that we need to let go of is we are done with stale faith. What do I mean by that? I want a faith that makes history for Jesus. I don't want to live in a prehistoric backwards faith. You and I need to step into history making faith. We are done with stale faith. Stale faith is the, is the what before the who. I'm done having cheap faith that says, God, I'll worship you if you dot, dot, dot. 
God, I'll serve you if you dot, dot, dot. God, I'll invest my tithing, my 10% income into the church if you dot, dot, dot. I'm done with that kind of vomitish faith. I'm done being afraid of people. I'm done being afraid of situations. And I hope you are too. I'm done with backwards faith. And if you are too, put it in the chat. I'm done with stale faith. God is who you are. God, you are my passion. My purpose is in you. My pursuit is you. My treasure is you. I just want you more than anything else. Jesus, I love you. When was the last time you told Jesus that you love him? My soul is longing for you. I seek you with all of my heart. I seek you with, with, with all, everything that I got. I seek your face. I seek your presence. My heart is burning for you. I'm talking about unwavering commitment, the other side of faith. I'm not talking about Sunday school, Sunday morning Christians or priesters, priesters who are people that go to church on Christmas and Easter. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about fresh, fearless faith every day. God, I don't know why I'm in this fight, but I trust you. God, I don't know why I'm in this fire, but I trust you. No more backwards faith. No more negotiated faith. No more stale faith, but a faith in action. Can you imagine how your life will be different? How your worship will be different if you stop negotiating with God and having this negotiated faith? Even the way you converse with God would change because you and I spent so much time negotiating with Him instead of blindly trusting Him. And only God is worthy of your blind trust. God, I don't see you, but I know who you are. God, I don't understand, but I trust you. God, my life is yours. You got my first and my best. And I'm done negotiating with you, God. God, if you give me that raise or not, it doesn't matter. I am tithing. I am giving you my treasure, my time. See, there are certain non-negotiables in our house. Because when we give to God, God will never shortchange us. And, and sometimes we make a big deal out of the, oh, I have to give 10% to God. Well, God can do way more with your 10% that you give to Him from your income than you can do with your 100% of your income. With that 10% that you give to God, you're basically saying, God, I trust you. I know that you will do something in my life. And even if you don't, it's okay because my heart is with you. And if you want to step into breakthrough, fearless life, you got to follow after Him. Whatever I face is His problem. I just have to show up and follow His leading. We got to come to a determination that says, if God wants me to do it, I'm going to just do it. No discussion. No more negotiated faith. No more people-pleasing faith. God is telling me to do this. I'm going to do it. And maybe that's going to upset some people. That's okay. Don't waste your time being afraid of people. Respect people, honor them, but ultimately stand up and do what God called you to do. You have one life to live and you have to stand in front of Jesus one day. My next point, we are done with dropout faith. Dropout faith is the faith that starts off strong and until you, know, you got your answer and you got what you wanted, but then over time it just fizzles out. It's the faith that holds on to the answer for a little while until it gets uncomfortable or until people's opinion starts bothering you or people's comments starts to mess you up and then you just drop off. Decide today, no more drop off faith. Check this, fearless faith perseveres in the midst of fire. 
Let me explain. We're going back to the story now. These Hebrew brothers are in the fire. The guards that threw them in, they got burnt up. That's how intense it was. They, that's, they're gone. King Nebuchadnezzar looks into the fire and he's like, whoa, how many people did we throw in there? The, the surviving, whoever, they're like, three people we put in there. Oh, but I see four. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. What I'm about to tell you is going to mess you up in a good way. Listen, God didn't appear with them when they stood up in front of this intimidating king. God didn't seem to show up there during their discussion with the king. They got grabbed by the soldiers and forced into the furnace. It didn't seem like God was there, but God was with them in the fire. Right there. Someone today needed to hear that. His promise to you today is not that you'll never have to face a fight or never have to face the, the furnace fire. But God's promise to today is that no matter what you go through, He's with you. Amen. God's promise is that no matter where you are, He is with you. No matter what you go through, He will never leave you. He's with you. No matter what you face, He will be with you. Step into the fearless life that God has for you by believing His promise that He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Till the end of ages, He will be with you. Drop an amen in the chat right now. My drive, my goal, my pursuit in 2021 is not what, it's who. It's who He is. Our pursuit as a church is not what, it's who Jesus is, who God is. God, we want you for who you are. The Bible says that God rewards those who diligently seek Him. Seek Him. It's not the what before the who. It's the who and there the what that comes out of the who. But I got to have my eyes on Him. I got to go after Him. In 2021, Next Level Church should be known not for the what, but for the who that they're after. Amen? King Nebuchadnezzar, now he's confused. He tells the brothers, okay, I threw you in there, but come back now. Can you imagine them walking through? Now there's like, like epic movie music playing in the background. Smoke, maybe some fire, maybe some lightning, massive bass drops. And because of the heat, King Nebuchadnezzar's hair gets all permed up in an instant, get all staticky. And the brothers said, we are back. Their bodies weren't burned. They didn't smell like smoke. Their turbans didn't melt on their heads. Nothing was hurt. Check this. They didn't even smell like the battle they've been in. The only thing that was different is the thing that bound them was broken. Hallelujah. Give God some praise right now. I'm going to tell you this. Every fight, every difficulty that you've been through, God's promise is that He will never leave you alone. He will be in it with you. And the only thing that breaks is the thing that's been holding you back. The only thing that's been chaining you down, limiting you. Declare it right now. 2021. It's going to be my best year yet. Amen. Y yes, I may face giant Goliath or I might face an evil king or a mighty obstacle, but I will prevail in Jesus name. Amen. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God. So 2021 is going to be the beginning of my fearless life through Christ. Amen. Not because of what, but because of who. I'm going to pray right now. And maybe you're facing fear, maybe you're facing paralyzing anxiety, but remember, God is with you. Even when you face the fight, even when you go through the fire, He will be with you. That's His promise to you. I want to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up every single person that is going through a fight, 
or through a fire. They may feel like they've been shoved into a fiery furnace and it looks bad. It looks like there's no way out. It looks like God is not there. But God, I thank you because you never fail, Lord. Your word never returns void. And God, I thank you because you keep your promises. Right now, God, I lift up my brothers and sisters, my sons and daughters right now. I thank you, God, that you've called us to be fearless, that situations and circumstances cannot hold us down anymore. But as we go through the fire, just as the fire refines the gold and this holy fire and your protection, God, you are for us, you are with us. And so what is going to happen is that the limitations are going to fall off of us. And the, and the obstacles are going to get removed and the bondages are going to break in Jesus' name as we choose to stand on your promise that you will never leave us nor forsake us. So in the mighty name of Jesus, I arrest and cast out every fear that is holding your children captive in Jesus' name, never to return, but to walk in freedom from now on and to put you first. So Lord, I pray right now that us as children, that we focus and we love and run after who you are, Lord, not after what you can do for us or what you don't do for us. I give everybody into your mighty hands. Lord, I seal your word of God that we received and, and today's online worship experience. I bless it, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we go back to worship, I want to give you an invitation. If you've never welcomed Jesus into your heart, this is the moment. If you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I want to say a short prayer and you can repeat after me to welcome Jesus into your heart. Here we go. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, my life is no longer my own but I give it to you. I believe you are God, that you died for my sins and rose again on the third day. Thank you for washing me by your precious blood. I am forgiven because of you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lead me to live a life of fearlessness for you. Help me to be a light that shines for others in darkness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen connect with us. We want to do life with you. We want to encourage you. And so fill out the connect card. Uh, you can connect to us even on the Zoom hangout right after the service. But don't do life alone. And now let's go back into worship and let's declare that He is the God who is with us. There's another in the fire. And I can see the light in the darkness as the darkness bows to him, I can hear the roar in the heavens. That space between words, then I can feel the ground shake beneath us as the prison walls cave in. Cause nothing stands between us, nothing stands between. There is another in the fire standing next 
Hey, Next Level, what an amazing word that was. This fearless segment has been nothing but special. Pastor D, thank you so much for sharing the word. Once again, I'm feeling replenished, really feeling re-energized, and I'm so happy. Hope you are too. So if there's things that you want to pray for or things that you have to pray for, please, guys, tune in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Prayer is very important. Dory, anything else? Yeah, and lastly, guys, come join us on the Zoom call after this service. You know, we're all going to be there, talk, and have some fun, and play a little bit of games. So. We love to see you there and uh, we're clocking out. Until next time, the Sons of Thunder, peace. Peace.